0: Everybody, you're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, J.P. Bryce, and Jim Steele, brought to you by Iron Company. Today we're going to get into a little uh, little bit of information about uh, science bullies and experts <clears throat> of yesteryear and modern day. This is all about training. Um, there's been a lot of studies and different things over the years that, uh, you know, I know early on uh, there was uh, studies that said, look, we had to train a muscle three times a week or it would atrophy Uh, that's been debunked. There's so many things from yesteryear and up to modern times and things. We, we see people writing books about and talking about
1: YouTube about up up to just last week. Right, Jim? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Was that two weeks ago? Three weeks ago. So let's get into all
0: this. Yeah. Let's get into all this stuff and really debunk some of this stuff. Marty, You've been in in the iron Games since the '60s. Yep. You've come up through, you know, with with some of the most um, the, iconic, the, the iconic and and pioneers of powerlifting and strength sports. So I mean, yeah. you've seen it all. You've been there. Uh, yeah. You're almost like the Forrest Gump <clears throat> of strength, right?
1: I'm a broken down old cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> So let's, right. so let's so let's go back uh, in time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I came up in the 60s, and it was uh, uh, just orthodox thinking. It was unchallenged thinking that a muscle had to be trained three times a week. Right. And I was just accepted. And uh, they had medical professionals saying that, coaches saying that. Everyone was saying that. Well, if you do a whole body routine – Well, let's just think about that for a minute, Jim. Uh, So we're going to squat, right? So you're going to squat, bench, uh, maybe you'll do flies, uh, then what? Then you're going to move on to shoulders, so you'll do uh, 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 clean and press, uh, lateral raise, okay, and that's shoulders, then what? Uh, Lats, so then you're going to do rows, seated seated, uh, lat pulls, maybe seated Rose, okay, now what do we leave out? Calves. Oh, we got to do, uh, yeah, we got to do calves. So, I don't know, certainly five sets mm. calves, right? Those. Standing or seated minimum. Uh, We'd leave anything out. Are you going to do abs? I don't know. Biceps. So, biceps and triceps. I didn't even think about those. So, yeah. anyway, a whole body <clears> routine <throat> would take two and a half hours, Yeah. right? And guess what? Anything past the first 30 minutes was downhill.
2: You're just holding on.
1: You're, just, you're just weak. By the time you get to the end of a two-and-a-half-hour session, how much power do you have left to generate?
2: Yeah, the only way I could see that being any productive at all is if it's a rank beginner and needs the coordination of the skills. Yes.
1: Well, or maybe you got, you know, you only got one day to train, so you need to do it all. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. And I don't have a problem with that but as a sort of the a
2: science what? of it. It's just like, you know, saying whole grains are the way to go. And we're like, what?
1: Well, okay, so guess what happened? <clears throat> so they cut three days in half. So now three days become six days. Right. So instead of two and a half hour sessions or three hour sessions, now you have two ninety-minute sets, those uh, six 90 minute sessions. Now you got to go to the gym 6 days a week for and train for 90 minutes, 60 to 90 minutes. Oh my god.
2: And if you're not doing that for a living, that's tough to recover from.
0: Yeah.
1: Real tough. Uh, then or, you got to put a family or, on top of that and or everything else. It in. How you, yeah, you man, it I'm, in?
2: Unless you're Arnold and Franco in 76 or 5 uh, or whatever. You yeah,
1: know. I did, I did a little of that. But that's the um, the reckless lifestyle of the <laughs> of the lucky few. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, all right. So, so then, um, my mentor, Hugh Cassidy and guys like him, they were like, man, we cannot apply that tactic to the new sport of power The poundages are just too heavy. Yeah. Right. It's one thing to, okay, maybe you can curl three times a week with what? 80 pounds. But that's a you can't. You're not going to do that three times a week with 500.
2: Yeah, or the squats and de- the dead squats and deadlifts, man.
1: Squats and deads or benches, even benches. Are you going to bench heavy three times a week? I guess if you're Jim Williams, yeah. there's some guys who can. Some guys thrive on volume, and Sometimes. I give them that. But that's a small percentage of the population, right? right. And they're generally bodybuilders, guys who favor high bodybuilding, a uh, high volume. Tend toward the bodybuilding world and the low volume guys, high intensity, they kind of end up in our world. So, okay. So Cassidy, he was a radical, a heretic, but cutting from three to two. Let so, me, let me ask
2: you this. He, yeah. he just did that on his own.
1: Yep. Well, okay. he, he, he consulted heavily with a guy named Glenn Middleton Okay. and Glenn trained with Norbert Skamansky in Detroit yeah. And that was the lineage there, and Glenn Middleton was a mentor to me. He was a judge for the a a u and he saw me early on competing and introduced me to the Cassidys and the Pete Millers and the you know the power players and the the big league lifting world of washington d c making Collins downtown, got me training down at gonzaga with at brother Dixon's on kind of like a lifting scholarship thing. It was pretty cool, yeah. Uh, and I got to meet a lot of, a lot of heavyweights, but what Hugh, his thing was, now imagine this, we'd go in, we'd squat, we'd bench, we'd deadlift, we'd do some sort of shoulders, always had to be seated because he had a low ceiling <laughs> and we had we do curls and triceps, usually maybe some heavy push downs, a lot of work because in the squats, the benches and the deads, not only did you work up to the top set, but then you would do two sets of what he called back downs. Yeah. Right. So let's say you'd work up to a five in the squat, the bench, the dead, five rep top set, and maybe you're wearing your knee wraps and your belt. Well, in your two back downs, you'd do two sets of eight. You'd take your wraps and your belts off. You'd go lower, maybe even do pauses to make them even more horrible. Now, right. was
0: that a total failure?
1: Was well, that with... No, 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 you couldn't fail. No, no failure. Well, unless you missed, then, yeah, then you failed. Failure but minus that, one. No, because you, you're on a periodized schedule. You didn't we didn't fail. We made our reps because they were realistic and they were built on the previous success. Okay. We'd start ten percent below capacity and work on pause squats and pause benches and slow release deadlifts and then in the middle phase, you know, we'd okay, let's put on some wraps and you know, a belt and you know, let's get serious and all the time we're increasing our body weight staying anabolic you know what i mean uh and you create momentum but it was it was it was so hard to recover between those two sessions if you we would lift on saturday and wednesday and and on saturday we train at my house on wednesday i train at hughes basement although when i started i trained at hughes all the time only for the last couple years did we start alternating and we trained with marshall pack and joe ferry great lifters but when and you changed
0: it, when you switched it. We changed
1: the, it twice a week, but we had to slam calories to survive. Yeah,
0: but when was that? What year?
1: Oh, it would have been the late 70s.
0: Okay. So you guys didn't right. know what was going to happen. I mean. Oh, we fr- got bigger and stronger. Every prior day. research we're said. what was happening. Right. Well, prior research said that you had to train three times a week. So you, you yeah. kind of, it, this was going into the unknown.
2: Well, and that's, right? that's interesting. Is that Hugh was smart enough to uh, to be a pioneer and just say the common common sense pioneer really when, yeah. with
1: this We not right? Yeah, couldn't and do so, it. You know what's yeah. funny
2: is your body wanted that gallon of milk. <laughs> it yes. needed that gallon of milk yes, or whatever is. afterwards. You know. Oh,
1: uh, it was considered a minimum to drink uh, a gallon a day. Yeah. Our our leaders were drinking six quarts. Amazing. I don't know if right. you guys
0: were not lactose intolerant, that would have been a mess.
1: No, we were gigantic.
2: Guess what? JP, they would have done it anyway and just that thrown up. They huge. They would have, just because <laughs> they, they had
1: to. We were massive. We couldn't get through doorways. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing different about us is just our heights.
0: So you go down to two days a week, and then you yep. guys just explode.
1: Yeah. Truly, But we were young guys, we were able to slam calories, we could structure our lives around the workout, you know what I mean? Yeah. We had jobs, but it was like don't care jobs, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and we had time and we didn't have a lot of responsibility and, you know, you can center your life around lifting. Kirk did that for 10 years. Great situation, you know, he just stayed in, he was a union offset printer, had a beautiful little condo, we just stayed in that that groove and stayed pretty single for, you know, a decade, and that's yeah. why I got so good. And he worked on
0: his feet all day, so he was... oh,
1: Yeah, he did. Yeah, he was... Uh, that kept him in shape, surprisingly enough. Mm-hmm. So, to get back to the topic, then what happened again, for I, you know, I was there for the three times a week, and then I'm there for the two times a week. Now, here comes the one times a week. <clears throat> and that was from Doug Furness and Ed Cohn, they became like training, they were like Butch and Sundance, you know, they were Keith and Mick, you know, they were like partners. And they worked at this training thing, which is kind of a combination of Dennis Wright stuff from Oklahoma. Dennis Wright was a world champion from the same area as Doug, and Ernie Francis' stuff in Chicago, Ernie turned, you know, Ernie was Ed's mentor. And they, collaborated and they came up with this sort of this hybrid <clears throat> and it was about Doug wasn't recovering squatting twice a week. So he said, so then we said, Oh, then we were doing light squats. And I said, Oh, the hell with it. What you know, what do we need the light day for? He said, as soon as I got rid of the light day, he said, everything came together. And if you're deadlifting uh, at the same time, it uses so many of the same muscles. If you use the type of style that we used. You look at Doug, you look at Ed, you look at Kirk, very upright torso, vertical shins, deep, low parallel, <clears throat> that, you know, structurally the same type of squat, little, little bit of differences, but deadlifts the same way, very upright, you know, breaking it from the floor with that leg power. So down to once a week, man, isn't that great? So we'd squat, we'd, oh, and then chalet, the minimalist of all minimalists he's like oh well you know i don't want to be overtrained so we're going to do on monday we work up to a heavy set of a heavy single in the squat and the bench heavy single in the bench you're done nothing else thursday you come in you work up to a heavy single in the deadlift mm-hmm. that that's it you're done for the week he got stronger and stronger and bigger and stronger. And, oh, my God, he was a he was a monster. 1,000-pound legal squatter, 280, yeah. uh, 880 deadlift. You know, we got but, but, but photos Marty, of that.
0: Let me ask you, when this first gets introduced to you guys, the once a week, Yeah. Did you guys go well? That's great, or did did of yeah. There's some oh, doubters. Yeah. Were you like no? Oh, that's no, no, who uh,
1: would want? That's like somebody saying, "Oh, uh, beer is good for recovery," which is what Chile used to say, right? Yeah,
0: What's we Chalet? love
1: that. It's a, it once a week is an easy philosophy to get behind.
2: Did, no, I, did you guys spend another day and do do some you know bullshit bull stuff. I'm not trying
1: to could to. be, you know, maybe some of them. You know, Fantana. Well, Fantano. everybody trained on Sunday. That was yeah. it. Now, Kenny came in would come in on Tuesday, I think it was, it was Sunday. No, it would be Wednesday and did heavy inclines. He liked incline presses. He thought the incline was what gave him his strength in the bench press.
2: After Sunday yeah, of, of doing the 600pound benches he
1: yeah yeah, yeah. But he, felt, he felt that the bench press was a technique lift yeah so it was interesting yeah. so but again, these were basically once a week he was only doing the exercise every exercise was only done once a week right he just pulled his inclines out and put them on a separate day. Yeah. You guys must Everything have
0: just felt. You guys must have just felt a lot better physically because you were getting the recovery time you needed, and uh, not, yeah. not to mention your personal lives. You actually had time for life, right?
1: Oh my god, yeah, it was great, and, and it still is because it's still our philosophy. Yeah. On the minimalistic end, we have a sliding scale, right, Jimmy? Yep. It goes from minimalism to what, what do we call it, maximalism. <laughs> yeah, high-volumism. High-volumism, yeah, high volumism, yeah. To, um, to sparse nothingness. It's like, what's that phrase that I invented? Yeah. Uh, um, you know, how minimalistic can you make a system before it loses its effectiveness? Right. And that's I'm always thinking about that, man. You know, and for, for guys who are pressed for time, it's a godsend, right? You know, it's like our, our little group. We have all these bunch of local guys. They come over to Don Barry's, you know, farmhouse, funky gym with the wood, wood heater on, you know, Sunday. Donald Blake Berry. Donald Blake Berry. And they train their ass off. And then they they go home and they go about their their lives with their kids yeah. and their families and you know and and their busy lives. Everybody makes progress,
0: and they don't they, do anything else during the week.
1: These are now these that's are competitive they, 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 No, no, these are competitive lifters. That's what yeah. they do, and they're like gunfighters. And they go into these local meets. These guys will mow them down. Um, we got one kid. Uh, what did we figure out? He's been with us for four years in competition. He has 91 attempts and he has 90 white lights. Damn. He's <laughs> he got one red him. light in his entire career. He's never had a lift failed. And in his entire career, he got one red light. And, hmm. and, you know, we said to him, of course, he said, That's some damn good coaching, son. Yeah. <laughs> of,
2: of one red light. <laughs> failed us. One red light. He failed us. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, do the right thing. Here's a pistol. <laughs> so then, okay, so then we're rolling it's heavy and hard and setting world records right and left, and here come the Nautilus boys. Right. Here were the new the new breed of science bullies. And this guy, Arthur Jones, man, he was he was a he was a pistol, right? And he was insulting everybody, and anybody who didn't agree with him was a stupid retard and should be shot. He liked the his he was work. a violent guy, right? He had a—he was into wild animals and guns and you know, women thirty years younger than him that you know divorced him after eighteen months. Uh-huh. He had a—he had airplanes. He pulled a gun on Arnold, right? Didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he pulled a gun on a lot right. of people. Bill, Bill Pearl. Bill yeah. Pearl has great stories about him. Yeah. Now he was smart. He was. Smart. Oh yeah, he made a lot of money. He was. Um, he had a uh, TV series, Animal Kingdom or something. not Animal Kingdom! It was uh, something like yeah. that. Yeah. So he he had some serious money behind him. So he got into the. There was a guy named Red Laurel who was a power player down in Louisiana. Boy, Boyer Co came out of Red Laurel's gym. So did Casey Viator. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's Arthur Jones is somehow down there, somehow in Louisiana in the swamps or something. I don't know. And so they meet, meet up with Casey and. He's, uh, he's good with machines, so he designs a cammed machine. And, right. you know, the primitive ones, they had, they had feature articles on Casey before there was an Right. Okay. One like, by Mr.
2: American, who's 19.
1: Uh, even before he won, they had articles on this wonder kid. And they had the one article in Muscular Development magazine. And um, he does this workout, and he's wearing jeans. But somehow he get he does this really super narrow stance, and he does like five reps with five fifty, right? And squat. Yeah, yeah. And he's pressed behind the neck two twenty five, right? And he's smiling, right? And what else? Oh, he's curling two twenty five. Jeez! Yeah, I love that. While well, he's and a teen. He, yeah, he's a kid. He's the great. Yeah, he's, he's probably the greatest teen of all time. Wow! Yeah, he's a freak. He's a freak. Yeah, and he peaked. And he peaked real early. So anyway, but he, this was his peak, actually. We didn't really know it. So that was the beginning of it. So, uh, you know, he goes with Jones, and he becomes the poster boy for the, you know, the, the primitive Nautilus machines. And it became a huge industry. And it, eventually, there was a Nautilus in every mall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? I remember
2: those. They were everywhere. And
1: it'd have, they'd be brightly lit. And the idea was, they. I think it was 13 machines. Let's go right through like, it one six, time. Yeah, I have six on one side, six on the other, and one in the middle. And you'd walk in, and it was very pretty to look at. And they had all these dudes with um, shirts with collars on them, and, you know, Nautilus and clipboards. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're very officious. And I knew a bunch of these guys, and they were all like uh, University of Maryland, whatever, sports psychology majors. My dad taught that there. But- <laughs> <laughs> don't tell them about this show so uh anyway so that's what they had and 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 they were they were very virulent toward the us toward the, the guys who said hey you're you know your stuff's nice but it's you know it's just kind of fluffy and you know you really don't have any really good examples of it. Then Menser came along. He said, oh yeah, this time, you know, <clears throat> I'm a complete, uh, that Nautilus guy. It's great. But mm-hmm. essentially when, the reason that Nautilus died is because they were essentially a bunch of isolation machines, right, Jimmy?
2: Yeah. For athletics, it's.
1: Yeah, it was. And you have a frozen motor pathway. Yeah.
2: So it's not individual. It doesn't take in the law, individual differences.
1: And, and, and the machines were built with kind of stupid grooves. I know some like, of you, um, love, you love, of course. What's you, the one you love, the pullover? Pullover and the
2: leg extension are ridiculous. Leg
1: extension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: mm. But see, you know what was
1: interesting was that... They all weighed 8,000 pounds.
2: Well, when those were the first prototypes, right? He had to take up a whole room for like the leg press or something. But, um,
1: <laughs> yeah, they were massive. What's
2: interesting is yeah. that Sergio Oliva, uh, I think it was in Essen, uh, should have beat Arnold, everybody says yep. that, that, that's right. Or 71. It's he 61. trained with Jones. Yep. But when you read his program, there's almost no machines in that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that relationship yeah. that relationship ended very badly. Did
2: it? All and right. very quickly. And But, you know, what you notice is that there, those, you know, and Casey did the same thing. Casey was squatting. Casey was benching. Casey was doing all that. Then they'd throw in a couple machines. But the key was they were killing themselves, you know. Then they were living there. So it was an isolated environment. Then they would kill themselves again, you know. And you got you know somebody barking in your ear the whole time, or holding a gun to your head. Yeah. But, uh, what was the what, what
1: was the premise behind the whole was giving thing, you though. money, Did giving you a lot of damn money, man? To was, failure, man a to lot of serious. money. They, they were. They pay, he was a good payer. Yeah, oh, yeah but was, he, was Jones
0: saying that? Look, Viator and all these guys are just specifically doing the Nautilus machines and nothing else, no barber not, work, it nothing.
2: Also, JP it was the philosophy of one set to failure. Ah, but. Yeah. So there's two ways to
1: look at that, Jimmy. Jimmy, let me break oh. in here for a minute because the actual philosophy was <clears throat> one set to failure, then four streps, then negative. Yeah, that was the original philosophy. Now, what happened was is when it became into a commercial environment. Ah, how do you sell that? <laughs> it, that, that you can't. It burns the trainers out. Right. To every person who walks into that gym, you're going to give them four streps and negatives. Well, if you're going to give them negatives, you're going to need two dudes. Yeah, plus the trainees. So if you- it, I mean, it'd be like working in a coal mine. Could you imagine after an eight-hour shift, if you had to give for eight hours straight four streps and negative? <laughs> yeah. You'd but be I'm- dead. So so what happened? Oh, bye bye four streps, bye bye negative. Well, yeah. that that emasculated the system and and the other thing about it was with the idea of four straps the idea of going to failure and then four straps if you're a bodybuilder i think it's a good one yeah right you you know you can't do it all the time because you're going to get injured but you can do it for bursts of time and it is the hardest core of the hardcore yeah right but you got to have expert training partner You've got to have a Leroy. Mm. Right? You've got to have somebody who's, re- or a couple of guys that are really on top of it. And you really have to be at the top of your game. It isn't for beginners or intermediates. It's really about advanced guys.
2: If those things were in the malls and people were just walking through a PG County mall or something, Yeah. And they said, oh, that sounds great. One set of fair, and then they don't get any gains. It's because you, there's no way you can work as hard as you need to work being just a regular citizen without that experience of doing that and you know, understanding
1: you're, it. You're exchanging muscle for fat. You're exchanging fat for muscle. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on. You're exchanging fat for muscle. Mm-hmm. that That's what the personal trainers all told the clients. Oh, no, 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 no. You're exchanging fat for muscle. You look great. Yeah, the, the scale weight hadn't done anything. Mm-hmm. You're exchanging muscle for fat. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and they, everybody else looks great. They all look great because they only hire great looking people.
2: Well, because they go to the the gym afterwards. They were using barbells.
1: Well, they all eat like birds. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They don't eat at the mall. So anyway, so then you had these and all the science bullies again, and Jones' whole thing, and he beat up the medical community. He was, like, going in there, and he was whipping all these studies out. And my friend Jeff Everson, who died last year, Jeff was the uh, – worked at muscle and fitness. Um, and he went on to, uh, what was his magazine, Jimmy? Planet muscle. Yeah. Planet muscle. And, yeah. uh, he was instrumental in metrics mm-hmm. with Scott Conley. And, um, Corey you know, is Jeff, husbands. Jeff was a PhD with the 600 raw bench and, uh, won the
2: master's of America also
1: at, with Corey. He invented Corey.
2: Yeah, no. He, came, a, he made a comeback with the metrics stuff, and won the Mister Masters of America.
1: Jeff was the collegiate national Olympic lift champion with the three twenty five snatch.
2: So, think about this, and this is just a, a off just for a second. But so they're all at the University of Wisconsin. It's Everson, yep. Jeff, Corey, yep. Fred yep. Hatfield, yep. Mike Webster, yep. Kazmeier, yep. Right, All yep. at the same place. Yep.
0: Marty, were you there too? He was. He was. You in the seemed background. to be everywhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <They> could, <laughs> yes. You weren't, weren't there, it, but I was the first one to hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyway, that we had the Nautilus, and then the Nautilus thing died. You know, it just it it just nose died, and all of a sudden, that was the end of that. And so, you know, now you kind of segue into in, into Jim's world, and you like take us a, a speed course to 2020 or 2019. And what'd you have happened to you like three weeks ago? I mean, an, another science bully, right?
2: Well, it's just, it's, it's, it's what you see in strength and conditioning is every few years, the, the next best thing or the next greatest thing comes along. So you had the TRX bands, you had the Pilates. And so the problem with all this stuff, is that they sell it as the only thing you need to do, not as an adjunct, you know, after you do the meat and potatoes, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? A nice and that's tool. How you sell it. that's how you sell it. So, you know, you got, you got, you know, the other day I was in a situation. Not a, I just have people telling me that, that, oh my God, I just saw this fill in the blank pro football or, or baseball player, or basketball player doing this exercise. First of all, right when you say that, throw it out. You know, yeah. I used to have, guys say uh oh, this is ray lewis's program and i said you know i'd say how many ray lewis's we have it you, you got to throw those guys away man throw them That's away a, it doesn't matter Call
1: them the extreme outliers
2: yeah yeah um you know what you want is stuff that works all the time for everybody but anyway so you know, you know this guy say to me you know i talked to this strength coach who trains this this pro player, and I asked him about squats and deadlifts. And you know, I knew what was coming. I knew he was going to, what he was going to say. And I said, Yeah, what'd he say? Now, I've had that, you know, happen to me how many times in my career <laughs> where they say, uh, You know, that's too heavy or that's bad for your back. And, and I said, Yeah, oh, what do you say really
1: I, need that stuff?
2: What'd he say about the squats and deadlifts? He said, They were bullshit. I said, Okay. <laughs> and, and what's he do? And he hold the guy, it's some, uh, anyway, he holds a water ball—a ball filled with about three or four pounds of water—over his head and does uh-huh. tap dancing things.
1: What's the, the rationale?
2: Yeah, there is none. He talked about space and uh, angles. I like you know,
1: angles.
2: Yeah, it's 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 all it's it's nothing. And so, what you have with all this stuff is it's not working on your skill of the sport, and it's not working on the foundation, which is strength it's in between so it does nothing right
1: you know but it's important that that you create a a tool or methodology that can't be measured
2: right and it's a it's the oldest marketing scheme in the book
1: right. right 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 yeah right you don't want to get into the like barbell and dumbbell world because then it's like well does you know does your squat and deadlift go up or not yeah that's and right. you know, if and it does, hard. then let's hey, let's take a second look at this method because we always want to look at methods that cause people's lifts to go up. We love that.
2: Well, and you, and you always get this. Well, it bothers my back when I squat. It bothers. I'm sure.
1: I'm sure. I'm sure it does the way you squat. Right,
2: exactly. And that's my my point is always you had a shitty coach
1: and you have terrible technique.
2: And then we, we look at a guy for two seconds and he's like, right here, it really bothers me. We're like, yeah, widen your stance out a little bit. You know, do this with your chin and do this with your hands. Oh, it doesn't hurt my back.
1: Right. right. But they're so weak that they can't stand up with 135. Yeah, I know. But they can dance on a ball or something. You know, no, no, the yeah, but, again, but again, if there's no way to measure incre- exactly. you know, dancing on a ball uh, strength or, or agility, right. Right. Flexibility. I mean, how do you? What's the report card? You pick. Yeah. You pick a tool or a method where there's no report card. Right. Yeah, that's no, a good a point.
0: Was, was Jim was he using that for some sort of a rotational thing for the shoulders or something? yes, too, or? yes
1: that too. Maybe hypothetically. <laughs> that, mean, yes, that. Yeah. What, what yeah. else you got? Name yeah. something. I mean, yeah, exactly. I it, mean,
0: was it, a, that, was it a main exercise or a warm-up yes. he was doing?
2: Oh right? no, that, oh, that, that those, is. Those. They don't touch barbells. They don't touch. They don't touch barbells. So he me. was
0: he was yeah. replacing that with say like a uh, shoulder press or a bench press or something like that.
2: All that and throwing unweighted Swiss balls.
1: How throwing them great. where?
2: Against the wall or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, what where's the tension? What what do, what are we what what you know? <laughs> you know, the the problem is is that these these guys who are the genetic freaks or even the ones that aren't never say, well why? Why are we doing that? Oh, it does this, this, and this. Yeah, but how's that it, help me on the field? How's that help not, me
1: on the court? And they're not genetic brain freaks, right? Yeah, mm, we know they're that they're genetic body freaks, and they're genetic. Yeah, most uh, of them, for sure. Uh, yeah, uh, paracircuitry, electrical is- circuitry, alert. You know, the they have better <laughs> reflexes. You're born with that. They're speed. People are born with speed.
2: If you if you had to say you know what was one of the most frustrating things when you were in the collegiate strength coaching world and ask ask me that i would say everybody who has read a one muscle magazine or everybody who has lifted five times in their lives yep. thinks they're an expert and tries to tell somebody who's been doing it for 20 30 years how they should be doing things and and you know i would have kids that would that would football kids and they would leave and go home and they'd get somebody in their ear saying Oh, you don't need all that heavy stuff, man. You know, no you way. need this and, and you need to do yoga and you need to do, you know, uh, you know, weighted stretches or whatever, because it was easy. They'd come back and get crushed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the guys would come back stronger and bigger and had that pseudo armor. <laughs> they were killing people. I had yeah. a kid come back he said, Coach, I'm." but I'm, I said, man, you're tiny, dude. What did you do? <laughs> I, I did a lot of cardio, a lot of cardio. I said, <laughs> I did it. I gave you a running program, man. Just do the running program. Nah, Coach, I long distance running, and this guy told me to lift these lightweights for a lot of reps. We're playing Villanova. He's at linebacker. <laughs> this freshman running back from Villanova, about 6'2", 220, yep. came through the hole, hit this kid so hard, his helmet flew off and mm. went like 10 yards in the air.
1: At least, at least he didn't, get, deep, at least he didn't get beat up with it.
2: Yeah, and I was like, Steven, quick and quick and lean, right? He was like, I was like oh my. So as yeah.
0: a coach, I mean that must be one of the, the most trying things of your job, right? Kind of recalibrating people once once they come in and you know they're they're watching YouTube or you know, especially now with the internet the way it is. You know, it got a lot, uh, there's everybody's got, a lot. got their opinions. But you have your your kids or your your clients come in and go, Well, I just saw this and I don't want to do this anymore, and I think that would work better. So it's probably a lot of sitting people down and going, look.
2: Yeah, but you know, you know what, J.K.? I don't care what you saw you on YouTube. You can barely ever get them to change their minds because, oh, he's just a you know, power lifter. He's just a football player. He's just a, you know, he, what's he know? It, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So when I would talk to coaches and I would try to explain. Well, we, don't,
1: we don't work with those people. I'm saying when I was. They in don't, the- they don't make they don't make the cut with us. No, I know. I mean that's really not an issue. That's, yeah, but
2: I'm saying when I, when you're in a university setting. Yeah, that's
1: right. You know, then you kind of gotta put up with these kids, right? Mm-hmm. Well, no,
2: just to try to get to get coaches to the kids are all right. Most of them are all right. It's usually an adult that tells them, Don't do are that. Are they coachable? Don't, don't do that. Yeah, yeah. The the kids are coachable. The kids come in without the preconceived notions until somebody comes along and says, well, when we were at this place, we did this, this, and this, and yeah, you know, your g- girls yeah. don't need weights and all this. I'm like, now, no Jim, you, now,
0: Jim, you being head coach at the university, I mean, you had an assistant coach or multiple. Yeah. Would you find that you guys were not always on the same page, and how did you yeah. work no, through we're that? We're all
2: on the same page, man. I, right. I hired that we on my page. <laughs> okay, he, he
1: filled their empty heads. Man, I'm <laughs> telling
2: you, they all. So, and my staff. I, I had a an unwritten rule, but everybody had to compete in something.
1: Yeah, great. Um,
2: and so yeah. they found out really fast that in order to compete in powerlifting, strongman, muay thai, you know, boxing, whatever, you better be strong and lift, you know, free weights. You know, um, and so and you know, it, they're, they're it, true believers.
1: You don't have to take up all your time. Just do it right and do it minimal, and move on and go do your skills.
2: Right you know you think about it i remember in 82 or 83 when jane fonda the, the trader um, had that aerobic thing and the los angeles rams were doing step aerobics and nobody said what energy system do they play in in football it's the aerobic
1: no I not the aerobic
2: system at all so why are they think, doing it
1: i think that at they they were crushed as you to use your adjective By the Pittsburgh Steelers who were training in the basement of a bar with Lou Rieke and, you know, drinking beer while they were lifting. And everybody got huge and massive. And I think Webster ended up with a 550 bench press and an 800 squat and weighing 265. And also the only guy to ever run every step in Three Rivers Stadium. And he was doing went,
2: after practice. In, after
1: yeah, weighing 265. Yeah, I mean, and that
2: 550 was like close, too. That yeah. was like just shoulder width,
1: man. And he had like a 34-inch waist, just what it, athlete. I saw him and talked to him. We were, we were in Disney World, and we were both staying in the Polynesian Hotel. Wow. It's been in the 80s, mid-80s, wow. I'm thinking. And we were at the buffet, and – I just said, hey, you're Mike Webster. And I said, I'm Marty Gallagher. I'm the, you know, the training writer for muscle and fitness. He said, well, let's eat some food. So we did. And, uh, you know. Wow. He, but he, he wasn't, honestly, wasn't that informative or talkative.
2: Oh, really?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, just pleasant. Right. But not, you know. Mid-West, that,
2: Midwestern sort of, uh, you know.
1: With, kind of withdrawn. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, but that's not the point. Yeah. You know, we're way off topic. And the topic is that Jim has seen and experienced, like, what what else was been, like, they're trying to shove it down your throat and and and, and back up to science. What
2: I was saying about the adjunct stuff is, for example, the kettlebells. Now, we've all used kettlebells. The goblet squat is one of our favorite lifts, especially when we're teaching.
1: But it's an adjunct. But we used what we also used to call it the dumbbell squat and the plate squat. Yes, it, it's just another tool in the toolbox. We, we used to, we used to hug a hundred to our chest, yeah. right? And made do, it. Yeah, and do that. You hug a hundred. Well, you start. You start with a thirty-five, and then you get it to work to a forty-five. Then you work, you know, and then you get really strong and work to a hundred. Well, it's funny because
2: you you think about the kettlebells, and I remember one of our special forces friends said. You know, how do I carry my 260-pound buddy over a wall if he's gotten injured just doing these, you know, 54-pound kettlebells? And we're all like, you're not going to.
1: You could <laughs> you run can... for help quicker. Yeah.
2: You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. So when it comes out and, and everybody says this is the only thing, the only thing, the only thing, it's never right. No. It's never right, you know, when you're talking about something like that. And, a...
1: and a good base is raw strength. Well, that's the foundation that's for a good, everything in the thing Good starting point, and it's not that hard, and it doesn't take a lot of time if you're a subscriber to the high intensity, low volume school. If you want to go to the high volume school, you, then that's when you do the six day a week thing, and you do the, the the double split, well, the split. You do the split routine. I guess you could do a. Uh, maybe you could do four times a week. It'd be a lot of work if you're doing, let's say you're doing three exercises per body part. Yeah. Thinking right, and probably four to five sets, right? Each, maybe three exercises per night. That's fifteen sets. I mean, I could you know twenty sets could take a while. Yeah, it depends.
2: Yeah, especially if it's your heavy squat day. Yeah. You know heavy leg day yeah you know, I would uh, shoot to squat. I didn't do any hamstring work when I was powerlifting it was a good solid hour yeah. of, you know of you know just the just the rest between sets man you got to have it you know if you even when I was training football kids in a uh, in the off season you walk in they're all sitting around guess what <laughs> nobody remembers how fast you went between sets, but they remember if you got that set you know yeah. uh, and I would tell them two minutes. Two minutes between sets at least, you
1: know. Well, a- again, in the modern day it's just everything is turned on its head. If, if if everyone's equal, if there's no report card, then it's hard to pick. Then it's just who has the best rap. Yeah. It's hard, the sort, it's hard to sort through the noise and the salesman to determine the methods that actually work
2: and you know and a lot of it is it's sort of like nutrition i always think oh people know that you got to eat protein and you got to do this and you, mm-hmm. and then you find out they think that pop tarts yeah. are good breakfast and you're like oh you really don't know they're carbs and so when you when you get to those people who have who really don't have any knowledge of strength training we're so engulfed in it that you know i have a tendency to think oh well they know that squats are the best thing and they know that benches are you know and they have no idea. And mm-hmm. so they're just clay waiting to be molded by some freak, or, you know, from, from some salesman, you know, on what's the best thing for them. And it doesn't but, take any time. And it's not uncomfortable. Guess what? To get strong, man, it's uncomfortable. But quick. the rewards
1: are so great. And you it, know? Comes, it comes quick.
2: It does. And it's quantitative right away, man. You know, next time you come in, if you guys because, it's,
1: because it. it's mathematical and measurable and one hundred and forty five pounds is one hundred and forty five pounds yesterday and today and tomorrow.
2: Yeah, I, I think a lot of this, you know, it, it does. It, it's, not to
1: it's, it's not fuzzy. It's not
2: fuzzy. Right. The line is clear. You know, but, um, it appeals to the, the people who don't have the knowledge, but it also appeals all this stuff. To people who are afraid of that kind of uncomfortableness and hard work. Oh well, you know when you're walking up the steps out of Cassidy's basement. I guess
1: that's why we have the better bodies.
2: But I'm just saying, you know, it's your legs same. are shaking, and, and so when we're when our legs are shaking, when we're kids, and we just yeah. start, like this is the greatest thing
1: ever. Yes, I I got that last week.
2: Yes, <laughs> I remember Let me ask what, you guys truly, something.
1: Truly, Let I did. I did. My, Let me ask my, you guys something. Eight reps, bang! I was zapped
0: modern day elite power and coaches are they doing much all that much different than how you guys did it back
1: then or i have no idea because no, because I we always talk I, about I couldn't it tell you that, i could not tell you anything about current modern powerlifting. nothing
0: well because that, we always talk about that you know some of the records that you guys broke you know back in the 90s still stand today i mean they haven't gotten
1: much farther. they changed but they changed the weight classes, yeah, well, that freezes the old that, record. that freezes some of the world records, yeah, freezes thirteen of them, but
0: it'd be interesting now, Jim would probably know, I mean, are they doing
1: mm-hmm. we know we know some of them,
0: yeah, I mean, are they training all that much different today than like you know we, don't, we don't know. guys
1: we don't know. Jim doesn't I know. Man.
2: I know a little bit. No, it's not that much different. The, you know, there's the Eastern Come European. Come on,
1: man! They're doing bands and chains and uh, hanging upside down. They're doing,
2: you know what, that morning floor
1: just- benching and what are,
0: are the it? are the elite powerlifters doing that though? Yeah, Ch- chains and yeah. stuff. Yes. Yeah, but I I don't know. Are they
2: using bands? No, Why it's not?
1: yes. I've seen it. Don't tell me not. Yes, no, I've seen
2: it. What happened is everybody was using them for a long time, and then. Now you don't see it as much, just like they my don't point get,
1: They don't get any results.
2: Well, I, I like the chains.
1: I think chains yeah, are yeah, good But again, look at your psychology.
2: It's different. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think there's little tools and things that can really be a help, but it all comes down to the core stuff that you guys are talking about. The it, core. All lists. that
1: stuff is an
2: adjunct to your
1: big stuff. You should yeah. spend 80% of your time on one of the five variations of the core four. Right, right. The remaining 20, do as you feel like. It. Me, I like to add like in power cleans and arm work. I, I Me, dance with a ball on my head. <laughs> as well you should. What
0: about doing barbell squats on a resistance ball?
1: Yeah, that's a good Oh, one. I there. love that. Have you CL. seen that one? I'd like to see you doing that, JP. Yeah, hey, Me? JP, what? Yeah, you.
0: No, I exceed but, the weight limit.
2: But that would is. That would go viral nobody does it anymore you know what i mean that that was a big thing i had a track coach come to me what you got to do is overhead squats on a swiss ball
1: oh that'd be great let me get the camera going
2: he said i said what's it working on he said really hard
1: (laughs) it (laughs) is goddamn right that's like doing it so is doing a triple lindy yeah the triple (laughs) lindy right
2: (laughs) ronnie dangerfield did it.
1: yeah yes sir
2: (laughs) so anyway that Fads come and go, but there's certain things that are just the stalwarts of a solid program.
1: Full range and, of motion, basic exercises, swallow your ego, learn the right techniques. What else, Jim?
2: In, incremental increases, you know. Intensity enhancers.
1: I'm in. Uh, I'm fine with once a week on the core four. I really am. Squat, bench, yeah, like overhead press. I'm I'm good one time a week. Great. Leave it there. Make but others have others have differing opinions, right, Jim?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, the upper body stuff, I, th- I think. But you can't go tw- heavy twice a week.
1: You could do a a heavy day and then an eighty percent. You're position. like a twenty rep set guy, right? I mean, you do a. When, I mean, when you're in bodybuilding mode, Jim right. is a. Jim is a competitive bodybuilder currently. Yeah. That is like a 5% body fat guy in shape. Yeah, in shape. <laughs> in shape. Not now, in shape. Not
2: in, not but much. you're
1: thinking clearer. <laughs> That's true. I can actually think. <laughs> I can actually but... think. Yeah. But. Now, now, again, now let me ask you with. with... Wait, let, let me answer that question.
2: Yeah. So anywhere from 6 to 20 reps.
1: 20 is a lot.
2: Yeah. That be 20
1: like a... rep sets. Are you kidding me? Multiples?
2: Yeah. So I, tw- I was doing hacks the other day and twinge my quad so i got pissed off and went over to the leg press i was going okay. from everything in there that i could that didn't bother the quad and i just i had to punch so i did sets of 30 with like a minute rest on the leg press it was just to punish myself because i wasn't doing a squatting motion but man my legs were smoked
1: <laughs> <laughs> again so jones's theory if you did it now you couldn't really do it in the squat or the deadlift Give, I mean, give four reps and negatives. Right. No way. You need a machine if you're going to do that for this. If you're, you can do it in a Smith machine, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you can do it in a hack squat or leg press. Dorian had one man give him four reps in the leg press with 1,300. I'm like, man. I'm like, Leroy. I hope you have got your shit together, brother, because if he lets go on that, you got to stop that thing. Mm-hmm. And he's doing like 12 reps with. I mean, I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't count I couldn't count, count, him, right? I couldn't yeah. count him. Yeah. and every rep taken all the way down. And but again, when he got finished, incredible. Yeah. But and he and oh, that was it. He let Leroy give him a force strap on a leg press on a hack too. Oh well, on the hack, yeah. Well, that's less. That's going to be less. But right. They give. Yeah, he would give him force reps on everything except. The, oh, I know, but that's dangerous on a leg press, man. Yeah, deadlift and bent over road. We you should do not, that on the leg press stop, you're not strong enough to stop that that weight. we
0: would uh we would load the leg press all the way to the end and i believe it yeah, took right. took uh 15 45 pound plates and then your, the cap had come off the end so you could stick a tricep <laughs> bar in there right and that's where your spotter would be and they'd be able to get a lot more leverage but yeah we used to yep. do the same thing i mean we we'd rep that out and um you Know get get two or three, four stress, but it's hard. You're working out with, with that much weight, you got to really be careful because if something goes, if a tendon goes or, or something like that, man, um,
1: you better You're hope dead. to
0: God that those safety stops are You're in dead.
1: Shape. Yeah, call 911, but it, I love It it's worth it. I see these guys load the load the thing up with all these hundreds on it, and they put on a belt, and they're wearing knee wraps, and they take it down about eight inches, yeah, scream, or screaming less. screaming, to draw attention to themselves, right? The guys have their name written on the back of the belt, right? Yeah. Rico, you know? Rico, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, I, I want
0: to ask you guys a question, though. With your backgrounds and Mm -hmm. knowing that you guys currently train the absolute best in the world, I would imagine there's people out there that go, you know what, these guys don't know what they're talking about. They're old school. They use old methods,
2: right? I still have people tell me that. I still have people. Or I can see it in their face. Oh, really? How?
0: How do they say that? I don't know, man. I mean, you've I got the records, you've got the history, you've got the current clientele that are the absolute best in the world. How do they say that? I mean, you've got far more than uh, a certification here.
2: Yeah, right? you know, um, I you know, remember Phil Wagner, the guy who invented Sparta, a good friend of mine, yeah. his thing was, so all my assistants were big, even the girls, man, they were big, the guys were big, they all competed, and he was like, the reason why they don't want to listen is because they think you guys are meatheads and they think the girls, especially, you know, they don't relate to their girls and they don't know what they're talking about. And I'm like, intellectually, they think that just because of the way they look and they're like, yeah. And I was like, wow, well, I would never think like that. It's very, you know, foreign thinking to me. I'd be like, Oh, that guy really knows what he's talking about. You know what I mean? It's it's uh, and and the problem is it's as simple as that. It's sort of like how people are afraid to squat, but they don't say it. Right, and then that that's becomes the bottom line. There, oh no, I'm just you know they should just be like, hi, I'm afraid, I I really don't want to do this because I'm scared, you know. Instead of saying, well, this is not the most effective way. No, you're just a wuss, man. You're scared. Okay, it's okay, but I'm going to tell you how not to be. Right.
1: Well, I can see why you're unpopular (laughs) when you
2: tell people they're scared. Yeah. Well, I had a great assistant one time, Brett Cross, and the same guy with the Bill Starr story and the soft-shell crab. Oh, yeah. Uh, some kid would miss a lift, and Brett would say, you ain't weak, you're just scared. And then he would say it all the time. It could be a fencing kid. You ain't weak, you're just scared.
1: He should sit there eating an apple while he's saying it. Yeah,
2: well, he was. He you know, he was great like with a,
1: that. Like a hillbilly psycho.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'd love to see the program you had the the fencing team on.
2: Squats, deadlifts, cleans, uh, presses, front squats, lunges—same stuff. Same stuff. My yeah.
1: favorite part when I go to visit his gym, other than the lunch, was when they'd have the the boss rooting coming on over the loudspeakers. Yeah. Un and Dutch, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's Dutch. <laughs>
1: And it's like uh, you're like at a Hitler Youth rally, right? I mean, it's like all these guys are doing this stuff. And it's like, what's going on here? Yeah. And then they would have the electronic bags that would come out of the wall. Oh, yeah. 18 heavy bags. (laughs) I was like, these rich boys are spoiled. Yeah. You got to teach them how to work hard. Oh my God! That was a hell Once of a fa- that was a hell of a facility. What would you tell me? That was 22, 24 21 million million? Yeah. $21 million, twenty one million dollar facility. I had thirty racks. Oh my God! Yeah, it was that place was incredible.
0: Did you guys have the turf and everything? No, nah, I didn't
2: have turf, but I had tra- I had two tracks in there. Yeah. 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 Man. And a kick Oh, it was Beautiful. Yep. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I think they changed it all around because they don't know. Did there. they? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Jim, did they give you, uh, like, did you have a certain budget every year where you could get new equipment, the latest and yeah, greatest stuff?
2: It was stuff? almost nothing. We just had to be really creative. Oh. Um, and, you know, and, and uh, yeah, it was, I don't know how we kept it going. You know, really? it'd be like, it'd be like 20,000, dude. It'd be like, I'd be like, okay, yeah,
0: that's. What's the tuition over there? Like 60 Gs? Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Man. Take, yeah. It leave, take it or leave it. So, right. all right, all right, all right. We're spinning off into a crazy world here. Crazy world of Arthur Brown. Right. Well, oh, where were we?
0: Well, I mean, science bullies and, and experts, I yeah. mean, but it's, um, yeah, it's something else to hear other trainers go, oh, those guys are full of it.
1: Nah, um, we don't hear a lot of that, man. I've been blessed with uh, not having a lot of human contact for the last <laughs> 30 years. So, I don't really well, worry about it. yeah, you're, you're out there in the woods, late. I mean, but. That's right. You have a reason for it.
0: So, I don't know. You guys have any other? Examples? Yeah, we want to
1: introduce this new feature. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna. Oh yeah. A, okay. A, a, now wait a, a minute. Let me now. let go. me
0: set it up now.
1: Right. You
0: guys are, you know, a lot of people are starting to listen to the podcast and. Ah, uh, oh,
1: come on with that. Shine and my up. Uh, some some
0: of the guys are are wanting book and, and video reviews and movie reviews and things like this. So I said, why don't, you know, you guys sound like the Siskel and Ebert of strength. So if you want to do a few minutes on the, the latest
1: books or, or movies
0: that you guys have, have uh, read through yeah, well, the scene, go ahead.
1: Well, I've got a book that uh, both Jimmy and I have read. I picked it up again. I've read this thing. This will be my third time. It's Charlie Francis, A Speed Trap. Yeah. Uh, and, again, it's uh, he, he was, at the time, like the most hated man in sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the guy who introduced perf- Ben Johnson to performance-enhancing drugs. I mean, so uh, he was pretty well demonized when Ben got busted. What was that, the 88 Olympics? Yeah, Seoul, yeah. Yeah, Seoul, right. And, again, <clears throat> he... Charlie and Ben's crime was they got busted for what everyone else was doing, Yeah, right? I mean, let me tell you, it was so bad back then. Um, The Montreal Olympics, get this, the Soviets outfitted a, a giant tanker ship as a hospital. They docked it in Montreal and they tested their athletes at this hospital ship before their events to make sure they were clean. Really? Yeah. They would either, if, if they, if it was manageable, they would load them up with diuretics, which at the time they didn't, was a masking. Right. Uh. And eventually they banned diuretics. They said, Oh, you guys are using diuretics to mask the roids. So now we're going to ban diuretics, but that was down the road. So the Russians had this tanker ship outfitted as a hospital And testing the athletes, and if they couldn't clean the guy's uh, shit up in time, they'd yank him, and they'd put in a substitute, and they say, oh, that guy got injured. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the Russians, their bench was so deep, you know, they could pick their third guy, and he'd be able to win the Olympic gold medal. You know, it almost almost didn't matter the sport. I mean, it was incredible the number of top athletes the big red machine had at its peak.
2: Yeah, it was uh, it was crazy, especially in the summer, man.
1: Anyway, the Charlie Francis book, so they 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 busted him and Ben, but he was so scientific and so he was the first guy, one of the first, he was the first guy to bring Eastern European sprint techniques to the West. Mm. Right. And the whole idea of that there is such a thing as sprint techniques, there is And there's a lot of controversy. What actually is the correct way for a human to run at top speed? Different coaches have different opinions in terms of pure technique. How about the footfall? How about the arms? How about the hip rotation? How about the shoulders? How about the relationship between the hips and the shoulders? Yeah, I liked
2: him because he was... He liked heavy weights, man. He had those guys right. lifting heavy.
1: Well, not only that, he was one of the first guy to introduce the idea of weight training. And he was influenced by Tudor Bampa who was at York University. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he said, I want to get my spinner stronger. So he put him on a, a weight training program influenced by Tudor, a little more high volume. Right. Um, then the genius thing, and the thing that he reminded me of, and the thing that I, I wanted to bring to everyone, the attention was that he talked about what the inter- Eastern Europeans introduced him to was this concept: of it's not just physical recovery, it's also central nervous system recovery. Yeah, right. And your muscles can be recovered and ready to have another high intensity session while your central nervous system is still jittery and you know dampened it's dampened yeah yeah so uh you got to let them both get back normalized so they were putting bigger intervals between his sprints so when he went to weight training what he eventually came at Um, he said, just as I had tailored our speed drills for high intensity but low volume, I now did the same for our lifting Mm. or paired our weight program to a few basic exercises which we challenge, which could challenge a high percentage of muscle groups with relatively few lifts. Total repetitions were cut by 40%. Boom, right? So, and the lifts that He's doing, or the lifts, the you know, the minimalistic lifts we do, right? Basics, it's
2: interesting because uh, he tested the bench and everything, right? And people would say, "Oh, water track athletes need
1: to," you know. Uh, ben Johnson at his peak. Uh, now, this was a guy who was five foot eleven and a half. And at his peak, he weighed 180 pounds. Jimmy, he could bench 352 for 10. Yeah, he looked like it. And he benched 402 for one. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what his leg strength was. Certainly 500 plus in the squad. Yeah,
2: 600 pound
1: range. Yeah. yeah. It wouldn't surprise me, not with those legs. Yeah. Uh, he was a monster. He had the greatest start of all time. He had the fastest start ever recorded for a, a male. Mm. Uh, just his reaction time and his explosiveness, his leg power coming, driving out of the blocks. He literally just. Flung himself out of the blocks. It was incredible, but he was a late bloomer, and he was very coachable. Uh, and he was not the best athlete that Francis worked with. They had a kid named Tony Sharp. And this kid was 15 years old. He was 5'10" and 170 pounds, muscled up with like a 29 inch waist. He ran a 10-4 hundred meter. Smoking. <laughs> that's incredible. At 15? Are you kidding yeah. me? Um, did he win the Canadian Nationals that year? He might have. Right? Yeah. So, anyway, but that's the kind of, the quality of athlete. He had a woman who was ranked, you know, consistently second in the world in the 220 and in, uh, in the hundred. Right? Did they take performance-enhancing drugs? Yes, they did. But when they started taking them, they weren't illegal. They were just—they were nothing. Mm-hmm. No one knew anything about them. They weren't illegal. You'd go, you go—you know—if you could find them. Mm-hmm. And he hooked up with a doctor named Dr. Atsfin, and the doctor was a bit of a chemist, and he create actually created. I think it's Stanazol. I forget. It was mm-hmm. like, I would call it a designer mm-hmm. steroid. And he had them on that, but the dosages were minimal. And they'd do stuff like six weeks on, uh, three weeks off, four weeks on, mm-hmm. like for their track season. Yeah. And again, it was, it was the pro bodybuilders today would laugh at, at the amounts. I mean, it was negligible. And again, it was for, um, He didn't want to create steroid monsters. He wanted them stronger. He wanted them to to recover quicker. Sprinting is so explosive. Muscle injury is a huge deal. Right? The the thing that he confirmed for me is it's like it's like an ATP thing. It's like human nitrous oxide. It only lasts. A human being can't even an elite sprinter, they they can't run at 100% for 100 meters. Mm -hmm. It's, you have, I think the top guys have like five seconds where they're at, man, that is 100% of what I have today at this time. Right. Right. Now, with coaching, they try to extend that, they try to make that faster, all that, right? But, uh, you know, that's just, that's all you have. That's all that you have a finite amount of top, top speed, but what that top speed can be improved upon. And he did it with less volume. And I thought his philosophy synced up really well with what we're doing on the low end of things. He talks about doing fewer lifts better. Yeah. And you know, he's got his, everybody was expected to get stronger. Right. They didn't do it to stay the same. You know, he talks a lot a lot about getting stronger in his books. Uh, and Jim, you sent me some of his recent stuff, right? Oh, well, I don't know how recent that is. That's probably like 10 years old. That, yeah. 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 Uh, but it's good. That looked like good stuff. I mean, he's still active. His, um, Didn't he have an online presence? Like if you went to Amazon or something, you could find his yeah, stuff. It, I
2: think his wife still runs a, a website and kept, keeps it going after he passed. Uh, it,
1: He's, he's no longer with us.
2: Nope.
1: Wow, Why? I don't know anything about that.
2: I don't know how he, I don't know how it oh, happened. Oh man! Yeah.
1: <laughs> you can't come to a show on Charlie Francis and don't know what he died. I don't, I don't know, know how he died. died. I just know Can he somebody died. Somebody Google him up. We got to find that out. That's crazy. He's dead. Mm-hmm. Damn! What a what a punctuation mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> wow! What a downer. Yeah,
2: but but left a great legacy.
1: get the book Uh, you can pick this thing up on amazon for like seven bucks and it's a good read it's biographic uh loads of interesting characters because he's dealing with elite athletes and elite coaches and bureaucracy uh the eastern european thing the way they were thinking i found that as a coach myself i found that fascinating um, his contentions confirm the stuff that we're doing, you know, cutting back less, taking the central nervous system into account.
2: Yeah. But with the high intensity and then recovering.
1: <sighs> yeah, but that does not that preclude training six days a week? I mean, that's a different thing if you're doing that. Yeah. If you're training six days a week, weight training, um, Yeah, I don't, that's you're not in that. That's a different type of uh, training. That's uh, what. Cercoplasm. Uh, sar- what do you call that? Where you just you pump up the tissue, but you're not yeah. really improving the strength.
2: Yeah. yeah, you're just bringing all kind of stuff into the muscle, but it's not the fibers getting bigger.
1: Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, there's no um, concurrent increase in strength. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, I told you that when I went to visit the Jets years ago. That's all that guy programmed off of was Charlie Francis
1: stuff. Oh, that's good. That sounds like that. That'd be a good program for, I think, for pro- uh, professional football players.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: they'd be fast, right? They
2: were big in the NFL for a little while.
1: Well, I, uh, I, I think football is a bunch of sprints. Yeah. Would you not agree? Don't you? Well, yeah. as a nose guard, you ain't really sprinting. You're kind of grinding. and
2: No, but it's that energy. You're like system.
1: rooting around like a bunch of hogs. you down <laughs> there in a hog tent.
2: It's the energy system, though. Short <laughs> burst, short yeah. burst, rest, short burst.
1: Yeah. And, and you run out after about five seconds of yeah. all out. You give everything you have after five seconds, you got to recharge. Yeah. I don't know if it's five, it could be. Right. Just... I'm talking everything you have. Yeah. So that was a. I just. It's a good read. It's. Inter, he's an. Inter- was an interesting guy. Mm-hmm. And you can pick it up for nothing. And those of you who still read, I don't know if there's anybody left out there. Maybe we should just do like videos and. Braille YouTube videos. On a, right. Instagram. Um, that's Perfect. all I. That's all I have in Charlie Francis. Do you have any final notes, Downer Jim?
2: Well, yes, I. <laughs> Well, I, I uh, actually saw a, D, uh, uh, a streaming uh, movie, or a guy who's still alive. Uh, Dorian Yates has a yep. movie, Generation Iron, put out Matt. The orig- Dorian Yates, the original Mass Monster.
1: Is this like a YouTube thing?
2: No, now you got to order it online. And I got the DVD also because it has uh, deleted scenes. Yeah, I like that kind of stuff. But, um I think, you know, there's been a few little documentaries on him and London Real did did one. Um, which was okay, which was okay. This was good because, you know, they did talk about his dedication. I mean, he was a monk and you know him personally, Marty, but he was a monk for ten years. I mean, nothing. I mean, you know, a party, no. Uh,
1: uh he he he'd go to a party but he'd tell me he'd leave at ten o'clock. Oh, tomorrow's leg day.
2: Yeah. I mean, party he wasn't doing any of that.
1: Oh, uh, no, couldn't do that.
2: He had a goal and, and he was, uh, I mean, he has every, every he shows his training diaries and it's, you know, in the movie, it's just like every workout he's ever done. Um, you know how it went, the weight that he used, what he has to do next time. And then they went, uh, to like the little farmette I guess they call it where he grew up. Um, all this stuff, his mother's grave, all these things where he hadn't been before. And you see these, these other documentaries or whatever and he's never like emotional or but this you could tell was a was a big deal for him because i don't think he had been back there very much at all um and so it sort of showed you know his father died when he's 13 he talked about God, the impact
1: that doesn't that. sound like fun viewing
2: well it's inspirational because of where he comes how he comes out you know he was in jail he was doing all stuff
1: he's in jail okay tell us about that wait what was that he was in jail
2: yeah. So he was a juvenile and yeah. you know, a bunch of riots and stuff. And uh, his buddy, you know, broke a plate glass window in a store and they got arrested. And while he was in there, they, you know, they had him do physical training stuff and he, he really liked it. And he had a counselor or, a, you know, a, a corrective correction officer say, man, you could do something with this. You're not like these other guys. You know, so we, you,
1: so we could say basically Dorian learned progressive resistance in reform school.
2: Basically. Juvenile. Juvie. In Juvie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyways, a a really inspirational movie. I really liked it. And what, what
1: did it work, they follow they follow him to present day?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: What he doing now?
2: Well, he's got the DY Nutrition Company. Okay. Um, he's got his own certification with his training that he, he certifies trainers to do It'd that. It'd be good. And he has a gym he'd, where he, he'd, people fly
1: he'd be, in. He'd be a no bullshit trainer guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah he's the same type of
2: philosophy. You know that. Yeah. And uh, yeah. he has a gym where he, people fly in from all over the world to to have him train. Yeah. Them.
0: You know, I, I follow him on Instagram. Where it looks that? like he's created Spain. a really nice life where? for himself. I mean, he's all over the place. Where he live? He lives
2: in Spain.
1: Spain. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Spain. But yeah. he's all
0: over, training people, doing different things. You know, uh, yeah. just
1: he really why, seems is he, so, why is he so popular out of all I the like bodybuilders
2: popular with me because it's just bare bones, man. I love the yeah. fact he trained in that 500 square foot yeah, gym. I
0: think he took bodybuilding to the next step. You know, he was he, responsible so, for that. And people were really I
2: like, res, yeah, he says it wasn't the competition. He hated that getting into speedo and doing he hated that. It was the training and the dedication and how, you know, he sees something in muscle and fitness about the kids the guys in California, you know, laying on the beach and he's in Birmingham, you know, with the, the smokestacks and all this yeah. stuff, man. He, you know, he was just like, you know, I, I, I'm, nobody can outwork me. Nobody can be as dedicated as me. I mean, you know, he worked, it didn't matter he worked,
1: about a He found a different way to work. Yeah. Uh, he, he always said that he's influenced by Mentor, but really what it was, it was powerlifting with four straps. Yeah. Okay. Because if, if you stick to Jones and Mentor, you do one set to failure with four straps and negatives. Well, you don't just walk in off the street and load up the 1,300 pounds and start leg pressing. You warm up, you do sets to, to get up to 1,300. Well, that's powerlifting. He's just doing a top all-out set, which is what powerlifters do. But then he has his training partner step in and do another forced rep or two, and that differentiates bodybuilding from powerlifting. And he was so successful because he was able to develop powerlifting mass. You train that way and throw in some forced reps and eat a good amount of calories. And he w- he would eat like five thousand calories in the off season. Yeah, he was a good eater. Is my height five ten? I don't know what he says he is, but he was my height. I'm five ten, and um, big bone. He was brought. You know, he's a big guy, but he wasn't. He, he wasn't like Flex Wheeler, right? Flex just looked with his little tiny waist. He just right. looked like a body bodybuilder. Shapely. Yeah, yeah a completely symmetrical. <laughs> Everything was just perfect. But Dorian was like a bulldozer. You know? He was a different animal. Yeah,
2: He was like, they,
1: a, he was like a rhino, where his flex was like a perfect uh, gazelle. Gazelle, yeah. They yeah. Uh, interviewed Chris Cormier, and, and he said he
2: Yates was ahead of him going on the steps to go out on stage at one of the Olympias. And he saw how wide his back was and on yeah. the Christmas tree, and his glutes were shredding. His hamstrings mm. were falling off his body. Yeah. He goes, well, I guess I'm not beating that guy today. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And he didn't. No. No. (laughs) And at his, and you know, honestly, he only had like two peak peak years 93, 95. Well, right before the bicep tear. And his legs were the biggest I've ever seen one year. His legs were second only to Tom Platt. And it was incredible. And the next year, he had the big legs too. And I can't remember which year and which year. But there and was not, one year not, he had the he had the best legs I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah. See, I never saw Platts. I never saw so him. So when, he when, was before me.
2: Well, there's no pla I saw Platts. You know, I, I talked to him and he, I posed freaking ten feet from me. Sure. And Platts' legs weren't big; they were just otherworldly in, in detail. It was, it wow. was. interesting. He's not, he's not a big guy at all.
1: At oh, all. Oh, see, yeah, I would have missed that.
2: Yeah, his arms. um sorry, Tom, but his arms were like. Fifteen inches. I mean, they, they were sixteen, but they looked amazing. You know what I right. mean? Yeah, he no fat on them. Yeah, he wouldn't. I been don't think
1: mis- with those
0: legs know. he could have ever been perfectly symmetrical. I mean, you, you just you just can't make your arms that big.
1: He, he got ripped off at the Olympia that year 81. that they placed in third. Yeah, that was a total ripoff. They gave that the Franco. That boy had no legs <laughs> that year. He had none. He did it, embar- it was embarrassing. It embarrassing. And then I think I think Zane. They put Zane in second. I think it was well, Zane,
2: Zane didn't compete that year because of
1: he was, the he was in second. Whoever was second, whatever. Well, but Dickerson was second. They're great. A guy with sixteen inch arms.
0: Yeah. Jim, what's Come the on. what's the name of uh, that new uh, movie?
2: Uh, the original, Dorian Yates, the original mass monster.
1: And where, where do it, you get that? How does, it, how does it
2: end up? It just ends up that now he's in a really good place in his
1: life. Yeah. Is he was uh, doing that. What's the drug that they do? Oh, uh, ecstasy? No, ABBA. No, no. I,
2: ayahuasca, right? Oh, yeah. ayahuasca. yeah. 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 They, they show him doing that. I forwarded that part. But uh,
0: Joe Rogan's always talking about that, too. It sounds uh, just... Hygienic unbelievable
2: yeah I don't really like to yeah
0: really I mean I would never do it but it sounds from what they say just really interesting I mean life-changing
2: well my buddy threw up for like 18 hours straight doing it so yeah, yeah you, could have, a, yeah, you yeah. could have a bad trip on that I guess and they're
1: like you're purging i was like no I'm just sick <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll tell you my mes- I'll tell you my masculine story sometime uh, boy, put it in the book brother <laughs> <laughs> charge for it
2: yeah so you know it just ends like, up he's, like Kramer. He's, you know sitting on the beach in Spain uh, you know, <laughs> basking smoking. in the sun. how's he look? Yeah, he looks good you know he he's so tore up. he's got a torn rotator cuff, his bicep and this and that. so he doesn't really lift anymore. He does mountain biking. he does pretty intense they show him doing this intense physical therapy which is almost like lifting for him. Um, See, but the, he
1: said you know, who's who, somebody working on him?
2: Yeah, because he's because he's got so many injuries. Wow. Uh, yeah. But you know, he does That's a lot Him of and Ronnie training. Coleman, right? It's just like but Ronnie's still in the gym at 4:30 every day. He looks better in now
1: a, in a wheelchair.
2: Nah, he's better now. He's a little better now. You know, no,
1: he's in a wheelchair.
2: But if you ask him, if you ask him, he wouldn't trade it trade those no, Olympics, you know what I mean? He would no. still do this. He's same in thing.
1: a wheelchair. He's not in a
2: wheelchair right now, is he?
1: I don't know. He was in a wheelchair. He was on uh what's no, the No, I don't think I'll... he is, Marty. I
0: think he's uh, trying to uh... I, I think he's trying to uh rehab himself. He's in the gym, he's doing some stuff.
1: Yeah. I, I watched the show Action Bronson and he was on that. And he was in the wheelchair. So I guess it was shot a while back. Well,
0: I mean he's had so many surgeries. I mean he yeah. was probably after one of his surgeries.
1: No, he yeah. was he was in for for a while. They had a movie on where they had him and they, that was oh. yep.
2: Yeah, same, people, same people who made the Ronnie Coleman movie made this one, but this one's a little more uplifting.
1: Good.
2: Um, yeah. And it, it ends, you know, he, he's doing his stuff, but he's still uh,
1: married. He, he just, married. Was...
2: yeah, Gail, no, not Gail. The, uh, the new one, the, uh, the figure, uh, the Brazilian figure lady, right?
1: Oh yeah. Well, that's the one he was first courting when right. he and I were yeah. getting together.
2: They're married. And he, you know, he, he goes through and this was pretty much detail of, uh, After he got done bodybuilding, he dropped all the testosterone, cold turkey, Yeah, and got really depressed. And, you know, back then, you couldn't go to a doctor and say, hey, let me have HRT or HCG or, you know, let me do the PCT protocol and all that. It was everything was underground and nobody knew. And he said, especially in England, nobody knew anything about it, you know. Um, So he went through that. And then he went through this real party stage because he was like, I just saw everything I was missing out on. And he actually ODs and this the lady who saved his life became his wife. What
1: was That's his true. drug of, What was
2: his drug of choice? Well, yeah, that was GHB he OD'd on. GHB.
1: Is that, the- wasn't that what uh, Billy Idol took when he crashed his motorcycle?
2: I don't know. Isn't that a date? That's a date rape drug, in, I think. Um, anyway, isn't um, that
0: what everybody was taking to increase their growth hormone date. production at night?
2: They were doing that also, yeah, small dosages. But if you screw up, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so but he thought he was missing something and sort of at the end he's like I wasn't missing anything, you know. I just needed to 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 find myself really. And he did. It's it's a good, it's a good movie. I recommend interesting.
0: it. Interesting. Yeah, he's in a good spot now, I think. Uh, he seems to be really doing some good things. Well, right, where yeah. do you get that movie again?
2: generationiron.com, but it's on uh, Amazon Video, iTunes. Okay. What's it cost? Like 12 bucks. It's like 12 bucks, 14 bucks, it's okay. nothing. What's it like yeah. an hour? hour and a half, I think. Yeah. I got to see that. I want
0: to see that. It sounds fascinating. That's good. That's good. All right. Well, let's end it there. So let's see. Oh, check out Marty's weekly column raw with Marty Gallagher at iron company.com. You can also pick up Marty's books, purposeful, primitive and strong medicine at iron company, visit iron company, November 25th to December 2nd, 2019. We've got huge site-wide savings on free weights, strength equipment, cardio flooring, accessories, everything you're going to need for your garage gym, commercial gym, training studio, school weight room, anything you can imagine. And finally, new gym steel articles can be found in our articles section at ironcompany.com. Also check out his his own website bassbarbell.com for training motivation and programs and don't forget both these guys are available for online coaching, you can email Marty at Marty at ironcompany dot com or Jim at Jim at ironcompany dot com. All right guys, thank you very much. Thank you. Great one. Happy Thanksgiving.
1: Oh yes. Thank you too. Indeed.